This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh. Oh, oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I am Chops. And this is Craig WK. Hi, Craig. Hey, Chops. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling great. Are you, you're not feeling, I don't know, enraged or crazed in any way that you may go berserk? Well, Chops, I mean, we all know that that can happen. At, uh, like, you know, the, 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 you know, just there's no prediction thing. for yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it can happen it can... at any moment. Okay, why are you staring at me? I'm going to kill you, Chops. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, Craig, then let's get into this game. Uh, uh, why don't you tell us about what today we're talking about? So, so yeah. I can hide. <laughs> Hiding. Oh, oh, Chops, when are you going to learn? You can run, but you can't hide. I can't run either. Let's be honest. <laughs> I win then. <laughs> so this is sort of the berserk. Guts' Rage. It was released for the Dreamcast on February 29th, 2000. This hack and slash action game starts Guts, who travels with a fairy and the woman he loves, who lost her sanity as he seeks for a way her, for her to be restored. That's a That's a very nice way of of describing this game now story now the to be honest with you that doesn't really get too involved in the game that's sort no. of the general plot of the saga of berserk because this is actually an anime game this is yeah. tied into a manga series and anime uh which is funny chops and you want to know the best part about all this i don't know do i this game came out before america got the anime or the manga yeah, it's set between volume 22 and 23, mm-hmm. which in most mangas and animes in Japan, they've been going for quite some time before we even hear of these things, like Dragon Ball or One Piece, things like that. Oh, yeah, but here's the thing. Like, at this time, this manga was already on its, like, you know, what you said, 22nd. Between, yeah. Or it was on its, like, you know, or, or at least the story was set between 22 and 23. I right. think, honestly, there may have been more of the manga out at that time. And here's the ridiculous thing. Like, they decided, they were they looked at this game and they were like, 
yeah, okay, let's bring it to America. <laughs> they, they, it, like America had with, no clue. Without any frame of reference. No of, reference. Of, like mangas in stores for at least a month or two or an anim- anime version of it available. None of it. The Dreamcast was weird about this because we covered previously uh, Gundam Side Story, yes. 0079, uh, uh, the... Uh, yeah, the, the Gundam game yeah. where you pilot a... 0079 you know. um, Pizza's it, Revenge, whatever it was. I don't yeah. know. It is, a, it is another, another equally long title, story. yeah. Uh, so, here's the thing. That game also came out in America, and America didn't have a lot of frame of reference for Gundam at that time either. Uh, so, Dreamcast was perpetually doing this, where they were pumping out anime games to America. They're like, no, 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 America's going to love it. Well, why? so why do you think this happens? Because, like... The Sega Genesis didn't really do that. I don't think so. The, um, I don't think the Sega Genesis had a, 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 any anime tie-in games that came to America. Nothing I can think of, anyway. Well, I mean, they had, like, American cartoons, but not, sure, not sure. Japanese. And the SNES, I think, may have had a couple, maybe, like, role-playing games that were potentially uh, mangas or, or animes over in Japan, maybe? I don't know that they... But I don't those, know. I know Japan had RPGs and, and stuff like that yeah. that were, you know, in their home country that were based on like you know uh tenchi muyo and ranma yeah, half right. and stuff well you actually know there we go there's a ranma half fighting game that came to the super nintendo so okay yeah okay, this so, would happen on the super so, nintendo a bit but, but why is it all of a sudden the dreamcast <laughs> this system that was like surprising people uh, of like what it can do its capabilities it's got the weirdest release uh oh, it was, it, yeah it's just why this system of all systems <laughs> I don't know. to do this on? I, I have no idea. So the and it's crazy because the uh, the like it, like do you know when Berserk started? No. Okay. The nineties. Good guess. The uh, it's based on the manga by Kentaro Miura. Uh, Berserk be- began on August 29th. 1989. Oh, wow. It follows the life of Guts, uh, this man who grew up on the battlefield, uh, becomes a mercenary. He has this horrible life. Like, it's like it's he super depressing. looks like he has a horrible life. <laughs> he is the art style, everybody looks like they have a horrible life. This, I, I would say that Berserk is... Uh, you know how like uh, you have like a uh, Game of Thrones, which is that has that gritty realism to yeah. everything. Berserk has a very similar feel, where it's it is a fantasy story. It is very over the top. You know, it is it's certainly not realistic in that sense, but there's a lot of realism to it's it. Visceral. Like, it's very visceral. It, I honestly, chops like it, this series is the most horrifying thing I've ever read. So so disclaimer. We normally talk about pretty family-oriented things. <laughs> sure, yeah. This is not a family-oriented game. This is not. No. Is this it a is, mature rated? You know what? I it had to have been mature. There's no way okay. it couldn't have been. I didn't double check that, but like, there's no way this could be PG-13. So disclaimer: if if you're like, oh, our kids could go check this out. No, no, don't, don't <laughs> do this that. Game. You probably should screen it. Wait till they're 16, and then you can let them play this game. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe at that point. Maybe. So. So, uh, so the series uh, uh, continues on. It, it, it guts his life. You know, goes from him as like a child. You know, who like basically like as soon as he's old enough to hold a sword, his like adopted father, who's this like horribly cruel man, find like you know throws him a sword and he's like, hey, if you want to live, you're gonna have to earn your keep. Is this like feudal Japan? No, this is set in like a, a, a medieval uh, European type fantasy. Okay, so, setting. and that's that's I would say that's pretty common for. The era, like when a kid is old enough to 
hold something heavy, they're doing that thing <laughs> with that heavy item. But whether maybe it's not like a blacksmithing, battle. I don't know. I don't. I'm sure there were child warriors in that oh, time. I don't, I, okay, fair enough. There probably were, but it's real dark to it think is, about. It is. It's horrible. And uh, so anyway, his life continues, and eventually he runs into uh, the leader of a mercenary band known as Griffith, and uh, his uh, mercenary band is called the Band of the Hawk. Uh, and his life and destiny is forever altered running into Griffith because Griffith is fated to betray all those who trust him for power. And so Guts's life takes this horrible, horrible spiral, spiral downward uh, as he get, his, his life gets more and more ingrained in Griffith's life. And uh, eventually the story continues to the point where Guts and the woman he loves was supposed to be sacrificed. You know, oh. and so but he he avoids it. And so he lives this life where like like demons and monsters hunt him down to kill her, to kill him and her. And he just sort of he just wants to survive. He just wants the because the, it's like the woman he loves. His sanity was just gone during this horrible event. And Guts is the only thing that kept him going is his rage. He is the angriest man in any fantasy series I have ever known. <laughs> So, so the opening of this game, oh, it's it's. Can real you twisted. tell me who is who? Because obviously, yes, guts is the giant sword wielding man. Yeah, there's the fairy, mm-hmm. and then uh, there's like a people in a cart. Okay, the people on the cart are original to this story. So, okay. uh, I, the, the a lot of sagas in Berserk are sort of guts and anyone who's with him. Usually, the the fairy puck, who's sort of like the comedy relief. In the Dreamcast game, he's very obnoxious. Oh yeah. In the manga, he's a little obnoxious, but kind of in a funny way. Okay. Uh, any you know, but in the video game, like the voice acting for him is just like really. It's annoying. Shrill. Yeah, yeah, he's very annoying in the game. I. Uh, Wait, is it a he? In it, I suppose. No, I guess it's it is technically he because there there are uh, uh, he's an elf. Uh, they call him. He's like a he looks like a fairy by our standard uh-huh. fantasy tropes. But in Berserk, they refer to him as an elf, and uh, uh, he is a he because there's eventually a female elf that they run into as well. Oh, okay. So, so guts and Puck the fairy are traveling with uh, Casca, uh, who has, uh, she has darker skin, she has black hair, and yeah. she's in, like, the, the brown robes or whatever. And uh, if you wondered in the opening why she just sort of, like, was kind of, like, she went to play with a dog in the middle of, like, all this, like, battle yeah. and chaos, it, it's because she has, she has no sanity. And it's that, gone. And that's her, his wife. The woman he loves. He's trying to get her mind back, basically, throughout so, these, so they this met series. Prior to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they so were in the like same... a weirdo. Oh, yeah, no, okay. no. He, he right. didn't just find some crazy lady who was like, that's my wife. Okay. Yeah, he just uh, wanted to check yeah, yeah. that. He, he, uh, uh, she was another, like, she was his rival in the mercenary band he joins under Griffith. And then they end up, like, you know, getting together. Do you find out why she or how she lost her sanity? Yes, it is in the the most horrifying. Is it something you could arc. say on the show? No, it is not. Okay, it is not in the least. <laughs> All right, so well, we won't go into it. So, so here's the thing, chops. Uh, the the series of Berserk, the art is phenomenal. Uh, if you have a chance, check out Kentaro Mura's work. It is gorgeous. Like, the, like, there's a reason his manga has been going. It's still going right now, and I. Uh, we still have not had closure for Casca to get her mind back in the manga because he go the author goes on a lot of hiatuses in his work. You can tell it takes so, it must take so long. It's so well done. Does the artist write it as well? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, he, wow. Yeah. So he he does the writing and the art for it, and his work is magnificent. 
but it takes a long time yeah. is the catch. Uh, but uh, uh, here's the the sort of the trade-off of that is his art is so good, but it's so, like you said, visceral. It's so... It's like almost like watching like a train wreck sometimes. It's just sometimes so utterly disgusting it turns your stomach. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I don't want to read yeah, this. Yeah, it's it's hard. It, it is it's you have to be in the right mindset for it. It's it's Ugh. not easily recommended. Okay. It's certainly for adults. I can tell you that right now. I'm so glad we're talking about it on this show. <laughs> so so anyway, let's <laughs> let's chat about the gameplay a bit. Sure. So it, it is a hack and slash game, you know? Yeah. It, it's it's uh uh so Guts has uh, a giant sword. It's called the Dragon Slayer. It's like twice as long as he is. It, it is not. It is not. It defies the laws of physics. It does, and it even looks like it defies the law. <laughs> like he's slow with it. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's uh, real slow. And here's the the annoying thing about the sword in this game. So, you know, it, typically in hack and slash games, the, the beauty and the fun of it is that you swing it, swing it, swing it, and like a, almost like yeah. a Dynasty Warrior style, right. you know. Uh, those games can be very cathartic. They're very, they're, they're certainly kind of easy, but they're, they're supposed a, to be fun. There, there's, satis- there's satisfaction in doing it. Sure, sure. In Berserk, they decided to add a little bit of realism. <sighs> yeah. So in Sword of the Berserk, Guts is Rage. If you're in a tight corridor and you swing your sword... Your your sword's hitting the wall. It ain't gonna connect with the enemy. That that is yeah. the most frustrating thing in the world. Let yeah, me that's tell a you, bad idea. It, well, here's the the trade off. I mean, for the character, that's a bad idea. <laughs> right now, here's the thing: if the if the people making the game or guts, if it was the manga, if they were bright, he would stab instead of slash with it, right? Because you know you can you can shoot like you know throw the sword forward. You get thrust, a, yeah, yeah, thrust exactly. But in the game, all you do is you swing. So yeah, you can't up, thrust. Yeah, so it bumps into like walls and ceilings and stuff, and, and it's just so you frustrating. You have to have clearance to do it. Yes, you do. And uh, I, they, they have a trade-off for it. So the, there's a rage meter in this game. <laughs> the more you take damage, the more angry Guts gets. Yes. And so uh, it gets to a point where, where it maxes out. It increases the amount of damage he does. But the best part is, is that you're no longer bound by ceilings and walls when you swing your sword. That doesn't make any sense, but okay. I think it's it's supposed to replicate the fact he's so mad and so, you know, It'll has so much power. Anything. It's just cutting through anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. All right, I can see that. Okay. So so that's the the sort of trade-off there. I uh, Does he get faster with it too? And then I think so. Does he not take hits as hard? Oh no, I think he still takes the damage the same way, well, like which is a part but, of the problem but, of the game. It's very difficult. But knockback. I don't think it happens as free, as much. Oh, that might be. It might get rid of knockback. Because because I think that's why he it was easier when you start really easy because you know in knockback it's yeah it just screws up everything yeah absolutely and uh, uh, guts has other abilities though so you can technically put your sword away and punch if you wanted oh okay so that's what you would do in a tight quarter that's what you're supposed to do but you don't do as much but damage why? yeah you, why you know put away the giant sword you have. right uh so uh guts also has smoke bombs he can throw daggers uh but one of guts's uh gimmicks in the the series and in this game is that he has a prosthetic right arm his right arm what? is metal how did i not see this oh uh, it, it looks like just like armor it does yeah so like it, his right arm is metal and so there's there's a bunch of gimmicks to it and, and it's utterly ridiculous so he has the ability to attach a uh, a repeating crossbow to it so like he he puts okay. on like this like like attachment to his arm and he like cranks it and it like launches arrows out so he has that but the most utterly ridiculous thing of all and this is in the manga too. And it, it like a part of you thinks like, oh, this is stupid. But another part of you thinks, 
oh man, that's just metal, is he has, it's hollowed out on the inside. And so he fills it with gunpowder, puts in an iron, like a, a, can, like a little tiny cannonball, a shell, and then he, he like pops the hand off it, loads it, fires it, and it's a cannon in his right arm. It is so That's ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But man, how cool is that that he's got a cannon in his right God, arm? God, this, this, this history of this show and <laughs> this game. It's so weird. It's real weird. And, and the monsters. Oh, the monsters are, are horrifying. Are awful. Oh, they're the really, people really are awful. <laughs> they're all Everybody awful. Everybody is a horrible person in this <laughs> yeah, game. They really are. They really are. So, so throughout this, uh, the the story of this game. So, I had mentioned, uh, I I just vaguely touched on it. The Berserk saga has a lot of, or Berserk series, I should say, has a lot of sagas where it's just sort of guts interacting with like one certain person, and they have a problem, and he gets involved with it, and he, you know, something happens where he has to be involved, even though he doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Whether it's him wanting to hunt down one of these demons because he's that's his like one of his main goals is like killing all these like demon lords out there, you know, pretty much for revenge for what happened to him. But the other side of it is that you know he's on this quest to like bring Casca's memories back and get her mind back to normal. So he's you know trying all these different things. And so the gimmick of this game is that uh, the city is uh, being affected by what are called like mandragoras, these weird like plant monsters. And so like what happens is these people get infected and they turn into these monsters. And uh, but he ends up finding out from like the lord of this castle that I uh, uh, that when the people are afflicted with this mandragora thing, they're no longer affected by whatever diseases they had and stuff. So Gut starts thinking, oh, well, maybe this is a way to bring her memory back if this like formula or whatever can be perfected. So he ends up kind of like siding with the the you know no doubt bad guy of yeah. the uh, the uh, the place for a little bit until he until Casca gets like kidnapped by him and then he goes on his rampage and he ends up like you know dealing with all this stuff and trying to get her back and everything. So I. Uh, yeah, like the 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 story is is real weird, and everyone's real rotten. Everyone has their own agenda. Uh, like the like the, that gritty realism shows itself in like you know kind of gross ways in this, and it's it's kind. There's a, a fair amount of uncomfortable Certain moments in the game. Certain people are treated like garbage. Yep. Um, I want to take a step back. Yeah, please. The mandragora. Uh huh. I want you to describe a little bit of what the mandragora looks like. Well, because uh-huh. it is of nightmares. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also what they're doing to try to harness this curative piece of the mandragora. Mm-hmm. Could could you could you elaborate on that? Uh, a little bit, a little okay. bit. Uh, uh, so the the mandragora, like when these when these people are afflicted with like this mandragora syndrome or whatever you want to call it, they basically have like this like plant like matter explode out of them. Yep. And uh, it usually forms like spikes and thorns and stuff. And, um, and and a head. Oh yeah, and it usually pops out there. And like a head. weird mm-hmm. baby-sized head. Uh huh. It's yeah. like screaming. Yeah. So uh, it's frightening. Oh, it's horrifying. And the and it's, th- it's like Cabbage Patch Kids if they <laughs> all of a sudden stopped growing and and just their head grew first and their bodies weren't anywhere to be found. Yeah, basically. So, so here's the thing, though, chops. The uh, this uh, uh, mandragora thing uh, yeah. is uh, based on real legends. Oh, I know. 
Yeah, so uh, for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with like medieval, you know, like you know, myths and legends, yeah. mandrake is an actual plant, and right. it's like a it was used as like a a, a way to like numb pain and stuff back in like middle, medieval ages and stuff. Uh, apothecaries would use it, yeah. but there were a lot of legends tied to it, like how it would like kill you if you like they they thought that it, the plant itself would scream when you pulled it out of the earth. So what they would do is they would actually tie you know like animals like to, to rope to this thing and pull it from a distance which is like i mean kind of clever good on them for, for thinking outside the box but i mean clearly it doesn't do that there's no such thing as as, as that so like in in castlevania games there's a lot of uh reference to that like those plant monsters that like when you walk up close to them they pop out of the ground and scream yeah. that's what that's of course a reference okay. to you know is uh and and that's what these mandrake uh, mandragora uh, monsters in Berserk are are in reference to. And then they're trying to harvest their hearts. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's the big deal, Jobs? It's the Im- <laughs> I still have the image in my head of that cutscene when they're showing the one mm-hmm. in, like, the tub. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to get too detailed in it, because it's oh. literally just, like, burning in my eyes. <laughs> But it's, it's so, so scary. Oh man, yeah, it is like, a real creepy I game. I was uncomfortable with this game. <laughs> it is in it. Yeah, it is a very uncomfortable game, and I think that might have been what made them bring this game over. You think? Well, I think so. I think the 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 because there's a fair amount of gore to the game. You know, they they, they animate a fair amount of blood, uh, and I think that that was sort of a gimmick to the people who wanted to bring it to America. I think they looked at the game and they were like, okay, it's based on an anime. Nobody's gonna know what this anime is in America. But it's real, real creepy. It's an it's like a, a hack and slash game with that horror vibe to it, with a lot of blood and guts. Let's just fly it across the 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 ocean here, get it to America, and because let's face it, in the late '90s and stuff, blood and gore was getting real big. You know, in video games, you had like in the uh, like you know earlier to mid '90s where like Mortal Kombat was big, and we were hitting like 2000. You know, so I think at that time they were like, "Listen, we need something extreme." Doom, yeah. Doom yeah, exactly. You know, you had a bunch of games like that where it was like violence was was starting to spike, and I think they wanted to capitalize on that. And uh, what's interesting too is this game has a fair amount of like quick time events, which were pretty rare back then. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people kind of like you know th- th- this isn't certainly the game that made quick time events by any stretch of the imagination, but like you know eventually in the the coming years you would start getting more and more games with quick time events and more and more blood and gore. So this was kind of like a benchmark game for that sort of like you know kind of violent renaissance, I guess. I uh you know it's it's just sort of weird. Yeah, it's 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 something weird. <laughs> um, all right, do you have any other other bits you want to talk about on the game before we get into the music? Sure, sure, absolutely. So, uh, uh, the game is incredibly difficult. Okay, yeah, it, it is it so is. hard. Yeah. It is incredibly difficult. I hate it so bad for that. And uh, so, when I was younger, I rented this game before I knew what Berserk was, and I I. So I end up running this game and it's real twisted and stuff. And like, so younger Craig is like, oh man, this is, this is crazy. I got to know what happens. And I ran into Nosferatu Zod. Okay. Nosferatu Zod is in the series. Uh, So Nosferatu Zod is this like warrior who's lived on battlefields for hundreds of years. And there's all these legends about him. And Guts, of course, ends up running into him, fights him, wounds him. 
and Nosferatu Zod is like, you're the first human to wound me in 300 years, turns into a demon. So the first time Guts ever encounters one of these horrible monsters is Nosferatu Zod. And, and Zod just, you know, bats him around like nobody's business. And uh, Zod ends up uh, uh, seeing that on Griffith's neck is this weird, ne- creepy looking necklace. And, he's, and he freaks out and he's like, listen, human. He's like, when that man's ambitions start to crumble your head is in the noose and he's like see ya and he runs away and so guts is like what and so in this game you end up fighting him but he's so cheap he charges you hits you and ends up taking off like a quarter to half of your health it's insane i ended up having to use game shark when i was younger of course and i, I, I don't blame you like yeah, right? I for so many of these games and so i i felt that like because at the time i was like i can beat him i could beat him and over the course of like an entire day of fighting nosferatu zod i was just like oh, i can't beat him never mind and so i cheated and even then even cheating with the codes i had available to me i i think i still had a hard time with him Man, that's rough yeah it was crazy and so, uh, you know, by the end of the game, it gets even more insane. And so uh, as far as that goes, the, uh, you know, you end up getting to the end of the game. The final boss is like the lord of the, the castle and you defeat him and you're like, oh, OK, this is this was a pretty simple final boss. And so, like, and, you know, the there's so many horrifying you know, enemy designs that you're like, oh, okay, you're, they're just finding this like weird lord guy. Like, that's that's pretty simple. That's pretty tame. Right. Well, you end up going to get like Casca. You you know you think like oh, okay, here's my happy ending. You come back and realize that this guy had one of those necklaces too. These creepy looking like you know evil necklaces. And in the series, they I uh, I uh, they summon forth these demon lords that force you to make a sacrifice, much like Guts had to deal with. So this guy, this like Lord of the Castle, sacrifices like who he cared for throughout his life, becomes a demon lord, and then the final boss is this really horrifying monstrosity. So wait, that's what Guts is wearing? Is one of those necklaces? No, Guts doesn't wear the, uh, these necklaces. Oh, uh, his his, his rival Griffith. Griffith wore it throughout the gotcha. series, who eventually betrays him. <laughs> Go mm-hmm. figure. Uh, but I... Uh, but yeah, so uh, but like, and then the final boss really, really looks gross, and you're, so you're like, oh, okay, here's the gross final right, boss I was right. expecting, and then that's you know to the uh, you know the, the end of the game there. Uh, but yeah, Sword of the Berserk Guts's Rage is is a real interesting game to chat about, but it's so hard to be like, yeah, you should play this. Right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I feel about this game. If you're if you're into the Berserk series, it's certainly worth a look online. You know, just for it's like on Netflix, right? Some of it. Here's the, the 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 weird thing. So in 1997, there was an anime, and what's weird is the anime isn't the entire series. It's only the flashback of Guts meeting Griffith and stuff like the the actual manga is him hunting down demons and stuff and like trying to restore the the love of his life back to the way she was but the 1997 anime all like 26 episodes is only a flashback which is really weird so the most recent series though uh is the rest of this you know this manga right but the animation's garbage really? it's all cg it looks really bad huh. i tried so hard to want to give it a chance because i really like berserk i read the manga and it's just the cg is so poorly done hmm. it's real crummy i uh, so uh the title though uh chops you said that you kind of wanted to chat about the title right yeah yeah <laughs> this title <laughs> right? so in america it's sort of the berserk guts is rage mm-hmm. in japan it's Berserk Millennium Falcon Arc, Chapter of the Flowers of Oblivion. Of Oblivion. 
sorry, I can't even say it without just feeling like it's ridiculous. And why is Star Wars in this? <laughs> So, so I, you know, it's funny because when you said that, it didn't sound weird to me. And then you were like, Craig, Star Wars. I was like, oh, right. Millennium Falcon. Right. Uh, the reason why it sounds weird is uh, honestly, they probably should have worded it a, l- a little differently, but it's sort of what it's shortened to. The f- uh, So there's uh, uh, it references a saga in the manga uh, where one of the characters creates an empire. Of course, it's Griffith is rotten as he is betraying all of his you know comrades and stuff and so the full title of that saga is uh the falcon of the millennium empire so he was the, he was the band his mercenary band was the band of the hawk he has very like hawk and falcon and eagle type like you know yeah. uh, imagery to him you know uh and so the 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 his empire is called the millennium empire and he's known as the falcon so they shortened it to the millennium falcon arc and it's like I don't think that's right, but okay. Did they do that on purpose? I feel like they had to do that on purpose. I feel like they probably did. (laughs) Right? And then chapters of the Flowers of Oblivion. That is just... It's a lot for me to unpack in that that piece. Yeah, so so this game would technically be referred to as the Flowers of Oblivion, which is a reference, of course, to the main That's a much better subtitle name than Guts's Rage. It really should have been sort of the berserk Flowers of Oblivion. And that would have, I feel like, drawn a lot more attention to it. Maybe. It's, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's, there's there, it's certainly something cliche about Sword of the Berserk Guts' yes. Rage. The, the, one of the other really weird things I wanted to mention is the Guts' name is, is Guts. It's G-U-T-S. In Japan, when you pronounce his name, it comes out as a Gatsu. But for some reason, when they 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 like translated the game over, they saw the name written as guts, and they still referred to him as like his Japanese name. So all the characters in the game refer to him as Gatsu. That's confusing, right? Isn't that really weird? That's really confusing. It's really really weird. All I think of when I hear guts and the word guts is the Nickelodeon show Guts. <laughs> so, uh, Chops, do you so have weird. it? Do 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 you have it? Guts. Berserk. Um, all right, let's go. Let's get, let's get into some music. Yeah. So uh, uh, the music is composed by uh, Susumu Hirosawa, uh, who also composed the music for the 1997 anime, which is really interesting that they actually got the person who did the anime to do the video game. Oh, okay. That's pretty rare. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because like uh, like Dragon Ball games never had that. You oh, know? God, no. You know, it, which would have been great because his. Yeah, you know, because Akira Toriyama is over there, you know, making Dragon Quest games, but he wouldn't spend any time working on uh, Dragon Ball games. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much true. Jerk. Right? I. Uh, so, I. Uh, I. Uh, so he also gained some fame, this uh, uh, Hirosawa guy. Uh, he gained some fame for an electronic band called P-Model in the 80s in Japan. It was okay. like this electronic band. Uh, but do you want to know the kind of the weird full circle thing about this guy? What? His very first band, which never really took off and went anywhere, was called Mandragora. Oh, God. <laughs> right? <Ugh>. Whenever <laughs> I hear that word now, it's just going to like sit weird with me. So uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to uh, play. The, the the ending song we'll get to second, of course, but the first song is called Zod, and it's the, the theme when you fight and run into Nosferatu Zod, and it's I don't know if the listeners are, unless they play the game, I don't think they're going to expect anything like this, but it's a really interesting Ugh, work. It's weird. <laughs> it's real weird. Let's give it a listen. 
How creepy is that music? It's frightening. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't I, feel good. I really appreciate the, uh, uh, I think it's called a shanai, the, the flute in the beginning. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know what culture that's from. I believe India, if I'm not is mistaken. It? I didn't want to misspeak. Uh, I think it is anyway. Okay. I could be but crazy. But yeah, it's a flute. Yeah, it's is it, is it that stereotype like flute with the ball? Like I think so. The bell yeah. shape almost at uh, the end of it. Yeah, I believe that is a shanai. If I'm not, I, and I and for our listeners, if I'm pr- mispronouncing it or if I'm way off base, I definitely apologize. I don't mean to to like assume, of course, but I'm pretty sure that is what it is. It reminds me of an oboe almost. It's but similar it's in a little shape, bit yeah. more. Um, Higher pitched, uh, mm-hmm. more of a cleaner, not reed sound. I really like the sound of the of that instrument. I, it's it's that kinda... instrument alone. Yes, sounds great. <laughs> not Combined like... with the horrible like moaning orchestra uh, 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 choir in the background, <laughs> the war drums. Um, all I think of is things on fire and people fighting in things on fire. I mean, that's pretty close that's to the, the Nos- image in my head. It's pretty close to the Nosferatu Zod fight. It's frightening. It's horrifying. Oh, this God. this music in general uh, is, uh, for the record, kind of inspirational to me uh, for News and Dragons. If you've listened to that, and you'll know why. Not surprised. <laughs> What's next? So let's go ahead and listen to the uh, uh, the end song. So the kind of interesting thing about this song is it's called Forces 2. And the reason it's called that is because this is technically a remix of uh, a song on the for the anime and it's the song they play when it's like the to be continued stuff mm-hmm. you know so they don't usually play it long so you don't get to hear it much but this version is sort of like a softer version it's kind of weird uh but let's go ahead and uh, give it a listen So it has singing to it. Craig. Uh-huh. It's got weird singing to it. I don't know what you're talking about. He goes like falsetto in it. And it's just like, I don't know. This game just like irks. Like it makes my skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, this is this one of the first horror games that we've covered on Legend of Retro? Uh, oh, It might be. Did we do Resident Evil 2 or Nemesis? I think we did Nemesis. Uh, yeah. If we did, it we was did before, Resident Evil Three Nemesis. It was before me, uh, so it's been a bit. Uh, Honestly, but I don't, I don't know. Like, there's there's different like, I feel like there's different subgenres of horror. Oh sure, there's, sure, absolutely. You know, there's your serial killer. There's zombie. There's uh, suspense. Mm-hmm. But this is like a war horror movie. This is like a. It's based more so in like a sad. Realism. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of, of a visceral dark time in history, and you throw in weird supernatural stuff to mm-hmm. it, 
as well. It's just, it's just like, it's like, it's just evil. It's just, I'm, I'm exhausted and, and like scared and tired from this game. And like, I just want to be in a blanket and my mom to hold me because of this game. I, uh, and I honestly, it speaks a lot to you being able to handle this game. Cause I don't know why I, I would not be able to get through this. I, I I I would not no yeah never no you know it's funny because like Resident Evil games survival horrors yeah. out there I'm not a big fan of I'm I'm they don't really do too much for me okay but when you throw in this like kind of like uh, malaise kind of melancholy to yes. the game this like dark dark it's twisted heavy. almost alien t- yes. sort of feeling to yes. it uh, I really really appreciate that it, it it kind of beckons forth to kind of like uh, uh like Lovecraft's work and stuff it's very very. Very twisted this. and kind of like uh, uh like uh, like dark beyond imagining like dark like because you know there's darker games sure but you know I mean not like something like Berserk Bers- like the the fact that Berserk had a video game on Dreamcast and it somehow came to America before everything else blows my mind the only other uh um a game in America that ha- has the Berserk name is there's a Berserk Dynasty Warriors game that came out on PS4 oh I'm sure that would you know. fit this perfectly yeah now that fits it all oh so much better yes. oh so much better uh but it's still like super twisted and like it has so many moments in this series the game you know that like it just boils your blood that like you know like it's like oh my god how how has guts not like gotten his revenge yet oh my god it just makes me so mad and so you know like that like i don't think me too twisted because a big part of me in being into this series is just waiting for guts to get his revenge. Right, it's you're looking me. for the closure. I yeah, I need I that it. closure. Yeah, it's been no, so mean, many I years. Be, I didn't mean because you're weird. It's just I mean like you could handle this a lot better than I can. That's what I meant. I <laughs> well, meant thank like you. like yeah, it's not something I can take easily. It's it's very small amounts, and since it's such tiny tiny amounts, <laughs> I'll never play this. Ever. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't blame you. I uh, and for the record, uh, the uh, uh I. I started reading Berserk, so the anime finally came to America, and I was like, oh man, this was really good, but the anime gives you no closure, because it just sort of ends on a really horrible, depressing note mm-hmm. after Guts has been like betrayed by his like you know longtime ally, and, I'm, and it, so you watch this anime, and you're like, well, oh, I need more. I need to find <laughs> out what happens, so I ended up finding Japanese copies of the manga in like a like an import store but i don't know japanese so what i had to do is i had to find translations online and i would sit there at the computer and read like okay he says this oh okay he says that all right and it would just take me forever to get through how it how many did you read like that probably two or three and then finally two or three volumes mm-hmm. that's like what 80 90 100 pages oh well, it was rough it was very oh my rough. God, I needed closure though, chops, and I still don't have it to this day. <laughs> Dear Lord, do we need to take a break? I think we need to go to our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. All right. Are you better now? You know, yeah. I uh, I appreciate that. Uh, you let me get that cry in there. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. <sighs> oh man. I, I yeah. <laughs> so so this we week, this week, we have <laughs> out to lunch. Yeah, out to lunch was like a a, a kind of a weird arcadey platform game uh, that the glitch forced on us. He did fil- force it on us. 
Um, I appreciated all the dairy uh, uh, knowledge I was able to instruct yeah, you guys your, on. Yeah, your use of your previous work experience was invaluable. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, um, yeah. Out to Lunch was a video game that was released for the Game Boy and SNES in 1993 by Mindscape. But it's also, that's not the full title of the game. And I didn't realize this until I looked this up. Oh, yeah? It's Pierre Le Chef is dot, 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 out to lunch. Pierre Le Chef. Pierre Le Chef. Pierre Le Chef. No, Le. Le Chef. Le Chef. Pierre Le Chef. Yes, it's French, obviously. Oh, uh, wow. Thank you for uh, explaining that. I guess now his name is Pierre. We know that. That's more than I knew before. Mm-hmm. But And he's out to lunch, meaning he's out chasing uh, anim- animated lunch objects. Sentient cheeses. And tomatoes and carrots and dairy and yeah, so it's a it's a side scrolling platformer uh-huh. and it revolves around. Ooh, a f- well, it's not really side scrolling. It's more well, like a vertical. It's but there is like well, yeah, I guess it does. It's scroll. more yeah, it scrolls up and down. Yeah. It's like which is real. I mean, that's what gives it that arcade feeling, right? Where it's all just sort of like one area and you well, it sort scrolls of jump a little up. to the left and right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the screen wasn't quite big enough uh, to, yeah, to house everything. Uh, but it rolls around a French chef who has to try to collect ingredients for his dishes by going to different countries and to, has to catch them because they escaped. Oh, so that's why we started in like Sweden or whatever? I guess so. I think it was Sweden we began in. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't know if it tells me which country it starts in. Uh, he must guide through the chef through Switzerland, Greece, Jamaica, Switzerland. known in this game as the West Indies. Mexico, China, and then France. Wait, they referred to it as the West Indies? The West Indies. That's... This game was released in uh, 1993. Was Jamaica not Jamaica in then? In 1993? Oh, man, I... I don't know my geography. I thought it would be... I, I thought it was. Maybe it wasn't, I or did. maybe this game, maybe the, in the arcade version, because uh, I'm sure it was an arcade game before it came to the Super Nintendo. Um, right? It came out, no, it doesn't look like it. Really? It came out on uh, the Game Boy and SNES in 93, Mega 94. Crazy. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I, if it was an a, a, a arcade game, I doubt it was released in the United States. It, that's interesting because it's it's so arcadey that like I just sort of assumed it first appeared there and then it was ported. Yeah, interesting. I uh, West Indies, man. I'm gonna have to look that up later. Now I'm interested. Uh, well, for any of our our uh, history buffs out there, you know, uh, like Sphinx, <laughs> right. go, go ahead and track us down and let us know why it was called the why in this game in 1993 it was the West Indies. I don't, I don't, I don't but know. anyway, uh, so it, there's a single player mode and a two player mode. I think we played the two player mode. You just take turns, and it's yeah. just taking turns. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to catch a set number of greetings where the time runs out. There's eight levels to each country. So this oh, game wow. is very long. I guess so, but it's a very simple game, so I can see why they padded it right. to be that long. So we didn't get to this part, though. Mm-hmm. So you you capture the ingredients, you put them back in their cage, like all good chefs do, <laughs> and then you, you beat the level. But if you keep going on, eventually you faced bacteria. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when you encounter the bacteria and germs... If you get touched by them, you lose a life. And they could also make the ingredients into hostile enemies. 
Oh, you know that's that's right. Because when you bump into things or hit your head on like you know you the get ceilings, hurt. you you get dizzy, but you don't really lose a life. It just wastes your time, right? Because it's all you know based on time yeah, and points cause, and cause stuff. You, what is it? You throw things at them. You milk, throw yeah. Bags of flour. Milk. Ba- bags of flour. Bags of milk. Bags of milk. So flour. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently there's also a chef Le Noir who appears in certain levels. The fiendish chef Le Noir. <laughs> chef Noir. I will get you, Chef Noir. It is the last thing I do. I, oui, oui. I love how cliche it is that it's, you know, like it, it has to be a French chef. I guess so. Has to be a has French chef. Has to be chef. a French chef traveling the world in the last country is France. So, I, I thought the game was so decent. I mean, for being like just a basic arcadey style platform game, it's. I mean, it was fun enough. Uh, it, it it wasn't like I didn't feel like it was like like especially remarkable. I just yeah. didn't think it was very. It wasn't you know uh, harmful in any way. It wasn't. No. It wasn't very berserk in the least. I think it was because we played two player mode and was seeing the same level twice. That could be kind of slowed it down for us. I think it was a single player and we were alternating. We'd get through some of these stages pretty fast, and I, I we never beat. A country, so no, I, I don't know what that was like, but it was it was fun. I, I would play it like if I had it handheld and and it was portable and it was a game just to kill time. I'd play it, but it's not something I, I dedicate time to. Yeah, I, I could absolutely see this as a game that you you take on the go to like you know play it like a waiting for a doctor's appointment or right. something or like you know waiting in line somewhere. Whatever the case may be, something to kill time but not to fill time. Right, exactly. So, I, I mean. Music was cool, sound effects were neat, characters were interesting. What are you giving this game? I, You know what? I'm going to say a 4 out of 8 on the 8-bit scale. I think that it was very middle of the road. I I will give you that, and I will raise you one bit. Really? Because, a 5? Because, because of Chef Le Noir. <laughs> the only reason is the evil anti-chef basically <laughs> i feel like this is like a weird like uh link shadow link situation yeah uh, it's uh i i feel like i feel like that was sort of a trope especially in like the 90s yeah the, the like you know like evil version right type the thing. alternate reality or, or or mirror version of yourself yeah i think so, star trek it was them but with uh uh goatees, goatees. Uh, uh except for it was Riker with was it Riker without a goatee in next generation or or no Maybe because Riker I don't had remember. a beard. I don't know. He he flipped around and stuff. <laughs> trying to remember next generation. Um. Anyways, so <laughs> anywho, so yeah, five out of eight for me. If you want to see us play this game, yeah, go to our YouTube channel, Games of the Media on YouTube. You can see us playing it. Reactions for the first time between Xander Craig and I. It is a good time. It it, it was it was fun. Yeah, it's it's always a lot of fun. Even when we're playing games that maybe aren't so stellar or even not even as average as this game right. is, are still a ton of fun. And uh, uh, to top it off, too, you also have the ability to get access to these videos a little early if you're a member of our Patreon. There you go. Make sure to check out Patreon.com/slash/GameZillaMedia. <laughs> That's it, Craig. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that confirmation. I'm all here for support. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of support, we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsors. 
Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! All right, Craig, we're back. I think it's about time we uh, jump into our opening music bracket. That's right. So, Craig, mm-hmm. this week we've got some games that I am uh, I know that you and Xander really like. Uh, <laughs> well, we now that's know a, that that's about didn't it. choose these. <laughs> that's about it. Thanks for the spoiler, Chops. You're welcome. Uh, anyways, uh, so we have uh, uh, the Super Nintendo Secret of Mana going up against... What's, what is Brave Fencer Musashi on PlayStation? PlayStation, yeah. Um, so, anything you want to say before I get into the composers or anything on this? Oh yeah, so uh, uh, the, the the music for both of these games are, are pretty solid, and Secret of Mana does have a lot of hype behind the music. Uh, the the music uh, is is kind of interesting because the uh, the composer for Secret of Mana ended up. Uh, well, like a lot of composers don't have a ton of time, especially back in those days, to like work on their music. They sort of had to rush to get it done. Uh, this guy actually had a lot of time to be able to perfect the music, and he did a really good job with it. In fact, the the opening theme has like a sound bit that he added in, and it's uh, the basically the cry of the mana tree, and it's very very distinct. It's very weird, yes, but it's absolutely worth adding into like the opening just because it's so distinct. Uh, the name of the composer is it? Uh, it K- is Kikuchi uh, Hiroki Kikuta. Oh, Kikuta, that's Kikuta. right, Hiroki Kikuta. Uh, yeah, he, he does really good work. Let's go ahead and uh, listen to this. great listening to a song that does not boil your blood like berserk does yeah yeah it's it was oh it was like medicine after (laughs) so next up we have uh a song from brave fencer musashi yes now uh what's kind of interesting is that uh 
uh, we ha- we're having another bracket fight where the games are sort of similar. They're both like adventure games, you yes. know? And uh, so who's the composer of Brave Fencer Musashi? Uh, we have Suyoshi Sakito. Awesome. So uh, uh, the music for Brave Fencer Musashi is a lot of fun, too, much like Secret of Mana. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, give the opening a listen. Opening to uh, Brave Fencer Musashi is uh, uh, real kind of like, you know, action-packed, exciting, you know. It's fun. Yeah, very fun. I like the horns, the deep, deep horns in it. Yeah. I don't know. It was funny. I also think of, when I hear horn sounds like that, I also think of fart noises in like (laughs) old video games or old cartoons because they use like the real bassy like things to make, yeah. I don't know why I thought of that too, but. I don't know. I really enjoyed that song. It was fun. Yeah, it's uh, full uh, of farts. Full of, filled with cartoon <laughs> farts. That's uh, that's uh, yeah. That's just what I want to think of right when I'm thinking right of my uh, alley. I'm it sure is. Oh gosh. So go on our Facebook page to see these songs on there, so you can vote to see who will win and make it to the next round. Yeah, we've had so many close battles. We've had a lot. We've had some upsets. We have. Um, some that I like. Some that I don't like. I feel like. Tony the glitch is uh kind of get a going to get a, a bad bad run here coming up. Uh <laughs> just leave it at that. I feel yeah. bad for the man. Yeah, he uh he's he's had a fair amount of choices that I really like, but they've just gone against, you know, stuff that's just, just like, you know, it that, just blows it out of the water. Yeah, it's a uh, shame. I feel bad for the glitch, but uh, yeah. I yeah, it's it's been a ton of fun these uh, brackets we're doing, and uh, I mean honestly, there's still plenty to go in our uh, competition. Still a lot more. There's to go. a whole bunch to go. So stay tuned on Facebook for more posts of these. Yeah, and actually, you know, make sure you have this podcast shared with all your friends because I'm sure you got some friends out there that like listening to video game music, like listening to people talk about video games. So share us out there on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, 
all the places that we're at. Uh, I think we're also on Spotify now. Yeah, we're on Spotify now. Yep. So uh, uh, we're on plenty of different services. And, uh, you know, uh, make sure to, uh, you know, drop uh, drop a link to your buddy when you find a uh, particular game that you know they'll like. And uh, we'll me and Chops will work the magic from there. That's right. And go to GameZillaMedia.com to see all the rest of our great podcasts on there. Noobs and Dragons, GameZilla Podcast, uh, Noiseland Arcade, which yeah. is a newer edition, which is a Simpsons podcast. So we've got a lot to offer for you up there as well as our Patreon, where we mentioned you can get early access to our Retro Relapse. You can also get some other great content. Uh, con- um, content is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> <Yes>. At <laughs> patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Yeah, every month, uh, Legend of Retro produces Game Shark, a mm-hmm. monthly show, uh, which is a bonus episode only for our patrons. And uh, in fact, this month for January, uh, we have had a... Uh, 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 a charity recently yeah. where one of the the sort of the milestones was that the month of January would be open to everybody, not just our patrons. So if you're kind of intrigued by what we have to offer, go ahead and jump on, see what we posted for January. And uh, if it's the content you're looking for, you know, go ahead and uh, track down our Patreon page. That's right. So thank you everybody for listening to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. We'll see you all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.